On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group talks to friend of the Palaver, Ken Fuller, about his experiences seeing the rehearsal for Yes's Close to the Edge 50th Anniversary Tour. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair and on this episode of Progressive Palaver I'm joined by my very good friend Ken Gregory as we welcome friend of the Palaver Ken Fuller as he tells us about his experience seeing Yes rehearse in preparation for the Close to the Edge 50th anniversary tour. Ken Fuller, welcome back, my friend. So happy to have you on the show. Nice um, to be here. Welcome. Yeah, so we were talking before we got on air a little bit about, um, you know, unrelated topics and how they were impacted by COVID. And in a strange way, I think Yes's touring plans were also impacted by COVID. And so this actually, you know, I think wasn't this this close to the edge tour wasn't it planned earlier than this or something to that effect or i think it was a case of this year 2022 was supposed to be the year they were going to do relayer mm -hmm. on the uh, album tour sure. sure and then and then that got nixed uh, i don't think they ever really said why i think people suspected maybe they didn't have the time to rehearse it it's very let's face it this stuff on relay is very complex um, and then it came about that it's the 50th anniversary, so uh, um, they did Close to the Edge instead. They did it in the UK, and now they're over here. So it's it's interesting. I remember when they announced this tour, and, you know, I had some conflicting feelings about, um, you know, seeing yes, certainly without alan at all and there are other sort of mitigating circumstances and and i had some reservations similar ken fuller to maybe what you had and discussed with us in relation to seeing genesis uh back in december right that maybe it wasn't exactly what you wanted to see and then i but of course me being me right i couldn't help myself um looked at the tour schedule and Oddly, and it's very unusual, they are not going to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, um, I believe they're playing in Austin and Houston, and those are both days that, for scheduling reasons, I could not, literally, could not get to. And so the I didn't even really have the option to consider um seeing this show and then it was it was very cool when you reached out to us and said that you had scored tickets to the one of the rehearsals out in um oh Lidditz. i knew it. it started with an l out in Lidditz, pennsylvania which is you know part of the the yes lore right that this is where they have traditionally done 
their rehearsals pre-U.S. tours. And I don't remember, Ken, if you clued us off that they were offering tickets and then said you got them or just let us know after you got them. But I thought, well, this is a most unique uh, experience that no one here on the Palaver was going to have. And so, you know, I'm that's, you know, why we brought you here today. So we can sort of live vicariously through your experience. Well, what happened? Um, I already bought tickets. I've got tickets to see them at the end, uh, middle of November at, uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Nice. Uh, uh, that's right at the end of the tour. Uh, and then, uh, the week before the tour started, it popped up on Facebook that they were going to do this pre-tour production rehearsal at a place called Mickey's Black Box, which I'll talk about in a minute, in Lititz, Pennsylvania. So I looked up where Lititz was because I didn't know where it was, three hours' drive from my home. Um, so I went on the ticket site, and yeah, they had lots of tickets still available, and I thought, uh, no, I'm going in the middle of November. Uh, so that no, doesn't matter. And then I happened to mention it to my wife. And uh, she said, well, we'll go. And I went, ah, it's three hours drive. And I already have tickets in you know, November. And then I looked again and I said, well, they do still have front row tickets available. <laughs> so she said, you should definitely go. So then I, looked, I thought about it for maybe another 30 minutes or so. And then I bought the ticket. <laughs> so thank, thanks to uh, my wife, Karen, um, I, got, I got a ticket because she persuaded me. I mean, awesome. I was uh, front row, right in front of Billy Sherwood. Um, the ticket, and it was 60 bucks for the tickets. Wow. I mean, so it was, uh, it was too good to be true. Um, Beautiful part of the countryside, Lidditz. Uh, I've never really been down that way. It's near Lancaster. It's in Amish country. Uh, and once I got off the interstate and was driving down there, very quiet country road, all farms either side. Be beautiful drive. It was a lovely day. I took the advantage of going down there a bit early. Uh, I looked it up in advance and found a craft brewery. So uh, I went nice. and made a stop at uh, the Appalachian Brewing Company in Lidditz, had a bite to eat, had a, had a beer before going to uh, the venue. So, uh, so that was, so it got off to a great start. Um, the venue is interesting. It's, uh, it's in a campus called Rock Lidditz. Uh, and this is a campus that was set up by the Clare brothers, who are mm -hmm. also uh, well known to uh, uh, anybody who follows Yes and uh, Michael Tate, and they've been working together. And it's a, it's a tour production facility. Uh, big tours can go and rehearse there, uh, but these guys, their companies, uh, do the sound for, for big tours, and, and Tate's companies do the staging. Um, and so it's a, it's a very large facility, but Mickey's Black Box is, is literally just a, a small offshoot of that. It, and it looks like it's a small black building. There's no signage on it. So when I drove up and I'm in the parking lot, I actually went up to someone and said, uh, excuse me, is this Mickey's black box? Because uh, it doesn't say so. No. 
Uh, and he said, yes, yes, uh, you're, you're right. Um, 300 seats. Wow. Uh, uh, That's intimate. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, really, really nice. And, as I say, and the fact that I was sitting in the front row made it uh, really special. Does it look like an Amazon facility in a field? Um, <laughs> this, this complex? A little. <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's got uh, funny. Well, you say in a field, it's funny. One side of it, there was farmland. The other side of it uh, is the town. Uh, so it's on the edge of uh, edge of town. Um, there's apparently two big studios in there. Uh, there's a hotel, 180 uh, room. I think it's 180 room hotel that they Indeed. built on site. Um, and uh, I mean, it. They claim by working with other people that they can do everything for your your uh, tour production. Oh, sure. I bet they so, can. I mean, they've been doing it since the 1970s. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. And, and Tate came on and introduced Yes, which was really interesting. Uh, he said, uh, you know, he welcomed everybody. He's, you know, it's called Mickey's Black Box because it's his uh, uh, private venture, I think. Uh, and uh, he talked a little bit how that had been set up, but then he talked a bit about how he'd been involved in Yes with Yes since the early seventies. He was their their manage, tour manager for a while, a long while, and how proud he was that Yes uh, used Littitz and there at that place as the their base when they were in the northeast of the country, uh, and he was so proud that they chose to uh, do this rehearsal uh, at. at you know, there. Uh, and he said, um, now this is a rehearsal tonight. This was interesting. He said, this is rehearsal tonight. Uh, they may stop, during, you know, after songs and talk about, you know, whether it worked or whether it didn't or whatever. He said, so it, it will stop and start. In fact, it didn't. Really? Uh, it, it, they ran a show and I, I didn't know if there were any glitches. I certainly didn't notice. But they certainly didn't uh, stop and start. They just just ran the show like they would at any any theatre we might go to. That's fascinating. So it's it's funny. I've been to Lidditz once in my life, but it was not to see a band rehearse. I actually went to the Sturgis Pretzel Factory or Bakery. Um, I love pretzels and took my kids, folded some pretzels, and uh, and enjoyed them tremendously. Um, I remember um, Lidditz being just a charming uh, location. Very much enjoyed my time there. In fact, when we were there, it was long before the palaver and any sort of you know extended knowledge of lore that I had. So I had no idea, you know, what was so close to me there in terms of yes, lore and everything else. Yeah, so you drive in, you find Mickey's Black Box. Um, you said it's it's a 300-seat venue, but what about the, the, the stage area? Was it sufficiently large? Was it, I mean, I, I guess I don't have a really good feel. Are they, are they working on the music only, or are they working on the stage show simultaneously in, in a venue like this? No, we had the full visuals, just like uh, we would at any other venue. Uh, the stage was uh, quite large enough. Uh, it wasn't small by any means. I mean, uh, 
it's like Ked and I have been to the Keswick. It's at least as big as that, the stage. Oh, okay. Uh, um, and uh, I think what makes it smaller is it, it's, it's, it's quite nicely tiered. So even the people uh, immediately behind me, second row, were quite high up. So they were, I was never obstructing their view. Oh, um, that's nice. And uh, it's tiered all the way up. Apparently, uh, Tate talked about it being very configurable, so they can do lots of different events in, in this uh, this building. Really? Uh, including weddings, he said. So he said that the front 10 or 15 rows, I don't quite remember, will lower into the ground. Uh, and then he looked up and he said, the, the, what looks like the roof, there isn't the roof that will come down and make a flat floor, uh, I guess, for dancing or whatever, and they do catering. So it's a multi-purpose venue. Oh, we need an excuse for a wedding in the Palaver. <laughs> <laughs> so Mickey's... Well, okay, Ken, I'll leave that one to you. <laughs> so Mickey'sBlackBox.com is the official website for this particular venue. Um, yeah, it, it's, it definitely has an interesting vibe to it on the outside. And it's very cool to hear about how configurable it is. Um, yeah. So upcoming events here at the end of October. No, no telling when we're actually going to publish this. The Rocky horror show returns for the October 28th and 29th. And the Jess Zimmerman band with special guest fast lane will be there on November 4th. So uh, you got that coming up for you. Um, very, very cool. So, so Ken, you had sent us some, some photos that you had taken. So I guess we, we knew that you were, you know, front row, right in front of Billy, because you had some spectacular shots of, of Billy and his gear. I believe we had, um, a little bit of conversation around bass pedals, um, yep. if, if I recall correctly. So, um... So you, you get there, you walk in, you said you were arrived early. So what was, you know, what was it like? Was there a feeling of anticipation? Was it similar to a, a regular concert or, or did it have a different feel to it? And how long were you waiting? Was there any preamble besides the introduction from, from Mickey himself? Um, it, it was a bit of a wait because the, the tickets and the ad, ad Advertising led to believe that it started at six. In fact, the doors opened at six and it started at seven. Oh, okay. So, so all of us, everybody, I mean, I was chatting to uh, other people in the parking lot and, uh, you know, we were all anticipating. We all went to uh, line up at about uh, 5.30, uh, thinking it's going to start at six. And we're all chatting, and everybody was excited. Yeah, this what a what a great thing this is going to be. You know, it's so it's so small. This would be awesome. Uh, and then we see Jeff Downs walking past, going the other direction in a bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> so so I shout out at him, "You're going the wrong way," because we're all thinking it's going to start in twenty minutes or something, and and he's going in the opposite direction. Uh, well, anyway, the doors opened at six. Uh, Nice plush venue. I mean, I think uh, we've all got used to, uh, especially up this way anyway, some venues that could do with a, a coat of paint and that. Um, <laughs> but but this was this was beautiful. The seats were beautifully comfortable and everything. There was no duct tape holding the cushions together or anything <laughs> like that. 
it's really, uh, really very nice. So everybody was really friendly. I was chatting to the uh, guys behind me, uh, and they were all, I think, you know, some people had said, you know, how, where, where did you come from? And I said, I live in northeast Pennsylvania, three hours away. Oh, wow. I said, well, what about you? They said, oh, we live about three miles down the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lucky you. Um, ah. And uh, um, I, it was also billed, I read later, as Yes, Friends and Family event, hmm. which, which kind of makes me wonder, how did I get there anyway then? But uh, oh, it, you it, earned it. it. You just <laughs> take the mantle and live it proudly. <laughs> but it was uh, everybody was very chatty, very uh, friendly, and uh, a lot of anticipation of what was going to come. And I don't, and I think we all thought, well, it's a rehearsal, so it's going to be different from a regular show. Uh, but as I, but as I said, it, it, it wasn't really. It, it was it was the show, and nothing not at all bad for that. It was excellent. Uh, I'm I'm apologize to sort of non sequitur here, but I, I'm just kind of on the sidebar here, bouncing around Mickey's blackbox dot com. Uh, Mickey Tate has quite the aesthetic going. Um, this picture he has spectacular silver and bright blue hair and yes. really shocking blue glasses. Um, <laughs> it it makes quite the statement so uh so kudos to mickey an interesting guy to talk to i think he would be so it's it's funny ken you mentioned the the friends and family because i was going to ask you you know what sort of people wind up in a 300 person crowd to see yes now obviously we had uh, we had a couple locals that you met um and potentially friends and family i mean did you get a feel for who all was there were these hardcore fans were these people who were like you know concerts don't ever come out here to lancaster so we're gonna go while it's close um no i think there were a lot of hardcore there were an awful lot of yes t-shirts okay uh meet me included guy sitting next to me told me he was a drummer in a band but i never asked him what the band was in case <laughs> maybe i should have recognized him so i didn't ask um uh, but otherwise, uh, it kind of looked like a, a bit like a regular crowd, really. Cool. Great. Any any notable yes T-shirts that that struck to you at any <laughs> any way? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Did anyone wear uh, an ARW shirt? That's my question. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I saw one of those. Uh, <laughs> now that would have been a brave move. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I didn't hear anybody saying things like, well, this is not really yes because John Anderson's not here. or and, and There was no talk like that that I heard anyway. Well, that's good. Oh, how was the tribute to Alan that opened the show? Oh, that was um, uh, so that they played Turn of the Century, an abridged version of Turn of the Century. The band didn't play it. It was uh, Rick, uh, sure. from the album uh, with pictures. Uh, photographs. It was uh, quite moving pictures. A couple of them with uh, John Lennon, of course, uh, but different pictures of him at different stages in his career uh, with Yes. Um, and it was nicely done. And then it went quiet. Uh, and then the Firebird started. Absolutely. Uh, um, and then off we go. You know. 
This set list is blowing me away. It's a little bit like a total mass retained set list. They open with On the Silent Wings of Freedom. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Now, that was the, 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 the 2020 Steve Howe approved mix. Uh, it, it's not like the on the album. He, he recently did a, an interview with our friend Kevin Mulry on the Yes Music podcast, and he was quite uh, animated. Actually, uh, Kevin told me that he did the interview the same day as I was at Littitz. It was earlier, really? earlier that day, yes. Because when I got to Littitz, I was texting Kevin, uh, hey, I'm here, and blah, 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 blah. And he said, oh, I've just finished speaking to Steve. Uh, anyway, so the um, uh, it's a great interview. Uh, and in it, he says, I don't like that song. Silent Wings of Freedom. I don't like the way it starts. I can't play that. If anybody wants me to play that, I will absolutely shut them down. I don't want to play that. He said, but there are bits of it that I like. So I came, <laughs> up, I came up with this version that I thought I could play and I would enjoy playing. Uh, and that's what they do. So Interesting. Well, um, I want to know what Billy sounds like with the uh, Chris line, with the... Uh, kind of wah-wah style bass in there that's that's really aggressive yes uh but some of that has been cut out of this version no. some of some of the 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 chris stuff so uh, um well yeah. joel simkis nails it in tmr i'll leave it there <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah well they they play the the full version don't they well so, i mean so Bill, billy's always shown himself to be quite adept at channeling chris at least musically so yeah it, it was it was really fun to sit right in front of him because i mean obviously you know there he was i couldn't help but watch watch him and watching his technique watching him play the bass pedals um knowing the stuff well and knowing what i'm thinking he's going to be doing here you know he slides his fingers up the uh, the fret and that i go Oh yeah, that's just really good. He's 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 well into it, mm. and uh, mm. uh, that was that was a. Uh, I mean, if you're going to sit in front of someone, you'd, you'd you'd probably like to sit in front of Steve, um, but sitting right in front of of Billy was equally as good for me. I think of um, Mike Rutherford on bass pedals. I think of Jonas Reingold playing with Steve Hackett. Mm. Yep. I, I yep. think I think of Chris Squire, the man himself, and I think of uh, Billy Sherwood. It's just it's such a joy to watch these guys at work. Yep. Yep. Playing one thing with the guitar, playing something else with your feet. Oh, and by the way, singing and uh, harmonizing. <laughs> Hell yeah! At, at the same time, something else. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs> Fantastic. So after after Silent Wings, they went into Yours Is No Disgrace. Excellent. Um, they were, I think one of the comments in the past has been that uh, they were a bit, they had slowed down. Yep. Um, that's not the case now. Really? Um, they've really, uh, um, I don't know if Steve's got a new uh, lease on life or is something in his coffee or whatever it is. My baby probably doesn't drink coffee. But uh, um, they were really back up to speed, as wow. uh, we expect. Um, so that was really good. So you also know Disgrace was, was great. And uh, then no opportunity necessary 
Steve actually made the comment that, well, none of us on the stage here played on this. Right. <laughs> he said, but we like it, so we're going to play it. And, uh, and off they went. And that's a, and that's a, a good number. Yeah, wasn't that included in the Yes 50 tour, if I'm not mistaken? Or was uh, it? Um, it? It has been played somewhat recently, Ken. I think you're right. Yeah. Royal Affair, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah, it opened Royal Affair. Okay. okay. But it's such a good one, and it's not particularly long, so it doesn't distract from anything else. Right. And, uh, and, and it. we enjoy playing it, so we're going to play it. And hey, why not? And, and I, I think that's reflected, right? You can tell when Steve likes something and when Steve does not like something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. And I tell you one thing he doesn't like. He doesn't like people shouting out from the audience. Oh, yes. We've, we've experienced that in person. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, when we when we was, come was, to that song, I'll tell you about it. Oh, there was uh oh, there, there was a little incident. Uh oh, <laughs> uh -oh. just a little one. So I, I we're going through the set list, and and I I've seen it once, or maybe can you provided it to us? Uh, do I recall that while they played all of Close to the Edge, they didn't play it consecutively? Is that correct, or am I mis uh, misremembering? No, this time they did. Okay. Uh, they did play it as it is on the album. Interesting. Okay. But other times that they haven't, you're right, but okay. th this time they did. All right. So um, after No Opportunity, where do we go from here? Well, this was Steve's solo spot next. Oh, God. Uh, we're three songs in and Steve's going to do his thing? Jesus. <laughs> and he does To Be Over from the Relayer album. Gorgeous. Um, which I confess has never been a favorite of mine, but it was very nice. And uh, interestingly, the set list, which was right in front of me, which was why, why I was able to uh, take a photo of it, says clap, but there was no. Clap oh, right. Yeah, sight. you did mention that to us. Yeah. I, I so have well, in, in, in Steve's defense, when they kicked off the show at Keswick, clap is on there. So I think he was just varying his section to, to you know, based on how he felt and to keep yep. it fresh. Yep. I, and I want to say the last time we saw Yes, I had, you know, after the fact, because I never look at set lists before, but after the fact, I went and looked, and it seemed like Steve's section was the only one that would change from one night to the next. I bet Steve just goes up and calls whatever audible he wants to that night. If I had to wager, I think you're probably right, John. Yeah, yeah. And that <laughs> night he thought, "Okay, I'm going to do this." And uh, who's going to stop him, right? Well, yeah. There's nobody in that room that's going to stop him. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what does it say if you're in the group of the to be over people? I don't know. It can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> Then wondrous stories. Oh my God, that's my favorite beer commercial. <laughs> I remember that episode. <laughs> that was like one of the first. I think going for the one was one of the first palaver episodes we had to re-record because I screwed up the recording and we didn't have a backup. 
And um, the 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 one we ended up releasing was not quite as magical as the first one, but <laughs> those Palava episodes were a long time ago now. Yeah, they were very long time ago. I'll have to go back and re-listen to see what you said. I'm not so sure you're <laughs> going to want to, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what I want to hear is that um, Wondrous Stories had gorgeous slide guitar, and they did it justice. Yeah, they did. Indeed, they did. They, I think they did everything justice. Uh, frankly, uh, I wasn't disappointed in anything other than I'm not the next two songs, Ice Bridge and Dare to Know, off mm -hmm. the quest. I'm just not that familiar with them. And I may never become that familiar with them as I am with the other. Uh, Ice Bridge, I thought, fit very well. Dare to Know, I wasn't convinced. It seems uh, it has a kind of orchestral piece in it. Yes. And that was triggered on a tape, I think. Oh, wow. Um, Interesting. And they all just kind of stood there. Hmm. Um, hmm. and waited for that bit until they started again. And it, 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 it didn't seem to work. I mean, I sat and politely listened, and I think that's what everybody else was doing. It well, that was good enough to... for Queen on Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh. <laughs> this is <laughs> They actually went off stage. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, Icebridge I liked. That's enough. Mm. That, that's an interesting choice right because there were it's not like every track on the quest had orchestration on it so to pick one to perform that does i don't know that that's where i would have gone but it's not my band so what do i care yeah yeah it, it, it's right it's it's uh, okay all right um, so we got two from the quest and then yep and then it was heart of the sunrise ah Okay, and An another throwback to uh, previous tours, but but very much welcome. Yep, Billy took center stage, of course, for this uh, at the beginning, and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I haven't heard that. I don't think I've heard that for a while. Well, yes, fifty. Uh, I mean, it was it was a feature of yes, was fifty. It? Yeah, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. that was a while. That was a while ago now. And Billy freaking aced it then. Yeah, yeah, and he did uh, the other night, and I'm sure he is through the tour it was that was really good and then they took a it took a break for 15 20 minutes and the men all queued up at the bathrooms and the women all laughed at them as they walked straight past <laughs> there are only 300 people ken the lines couldn't have been that bad it was 290 men and <laughs> so that was uh, Funny, and then to call people back. So everybody's kind of milling around, you know, out by the bar and the uh, bird noises at the beginning of Close to the Edge. Oh, that would get me uh, in my seat. Yes, <laughs> well, that was the thing that brought everybody back back in. Uh, Works for me. Close to the Edge started, and that was bang on form. Um, really good, singing along, what we all were, and... Uh, yeah, that was really nicely done. Sometimes I think, and I only bring this up now because it, 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 I thought about it then, Jeff's choice of sounds aren't, for me, aren't quite right sometimes. Really? And, and maybe maybe it's because, well, it, it's very hard to uh, 
uh, close to the edge, the big organ sound that Rick had. Indeed. It's, it's hard to emulate that. But one or two of the other synthesizer sounds, I thought, it doesn't sound, it's like a bit tinny or not, not quite full enough. Um, just occasionally. Uh, I kind of questioned. I thought, mm, I'm not sure about that. I, but, I, I seem to recall having similar conversations last time we heard them. There are some things that he does exceptionally well in that regard and some things that he doesn't. But I will also say that Rick Wakeman himself does not have a great track record in this regard. So, right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the sound uh, is just as important as the execution of the performance. Uh, we, we, we've come to expect that. We are prog snobs. <laughs> so you have, you have the 20-minute the out-of-body experience that is close to the edge, and you were fully satisfied, fully engaged. Yes, indeed. I was. I was, I was in the zone. Ken, I'm becoming a huge fan of Jay Shellen. Um, did you notice Jay at all during Close to the Edge or, 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 or this entire uh, trio of Close to the Edge and you and I in Siberian? Kitchen? Yeah, yeah, I could see him quite clearly too. And uh, watching him and his touch on the cymbals and uh, going around the kit, uh, he, was, uh, he knows the stuff really well now. It's like saying he's not Alan. It's like saying, well, Alan wasn't Bill Bruford. I mean, it's... it's Right, pointless. Ah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, do you it, think he adjusted for the smaller room with 300 people, or do you think he was just, just hitting just as hard as ever? No, no, I think he did adjust. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I hadn't thought about it, but no, I, I he wasn't bashing the heck out of it. No, it was, uh, it was uh, just... It was right for the venue. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and you and I... Ah, so this is where we get the, the little incident. Ooh. So you, and you and I starts with the, a kind of uh, an organ tone and Steve going, playing acoustic guitar. And he does the first couple of chords, so we all know what it is, and somebody shouts out, we know what this song is, something similar. And Steve kind of looks up, he just stops and he looks up out into the audience and the organ tone continues. And then after a few seconds, it seemed like much longer, but it probably wasn't. He bends his head down and starts again. <laughs> didn't, didn't say anything. Just, just looked out there as if to say, you know, you know better than that. And then, now, and then he carried on. So sometimes the bands intend to record these performances with the hopes of, you know, listening back and sometimes releasing them, as, as we discovered with the Fillmore performances for Yes 50. So a do-over could be indicative of uh, a quality recording in progress. Hmm. It, it, it could be. But, Interesting. Uh, yeah, that, that was funny. Um, <laughs> I thought everybody knows, you know, you don't do that to Steve, but hey. Um, no, you do not fucking do that to Steve. No. So when you and I was really good, slightly, you know, the, the, the steel uh, pedal guitar, uh, he has sounded great. Um, and on that one, I thought actually Jeff was really, was, was, uh, sounded good. Um, so that, that was great. And then into Siberian Katru. So it was just as the album uh, is. 
uh, and Siberian Katru really rocked. And uh, they, they all looked like uh, throughout, they must be having a great time on this tour. They looked like they were really enjoying what they were playing. And that's even true with Roundabout. Now, I mean, we've all heard Roundabout um, like a zillion times. Uh, but it sounded a little, quite a bit fresher than it has of late. Oh, um, good, good. So that was, that was good. It was really good. Oh, they actually, I should mention, they actually did go off as if, you know, we, we applaud for an encore. So the, the whole idea of this is only a rehearsal, it, it, re it really was a, a show, as I said. They, right at the beginning. they, they rehearsed going off stage and coming <laughs> back for an encore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but in, the, in their defense, um, they had toured Europe and perhaps Japan prior to this. Is that yes, it? so they, they, they must have known the stuff by now, right? All right. Well, well how about I bring up the lore at this point where um, uh, there, there was a point in Yes history where it was known that you would buy tickets late in the tour because the beginning of the tour was not rehearsed. I mean, no, wasn't that, that a thing? That's absolutely true. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. It was the first... <laughs> The first uh, shows were to be avoided, really, because they were always <laughs> mistakes. They, 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 they didn't spend enough time oh, uh, no. rehearsing. But was this, this Chris was, era stuff or just, I don't know, just reality, budgets, whatever? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there were a couple of clunkers. I remember seeing them. Oh, gosh. I can't remember what year, 2002 or something. And it was right near the beginning of the tour. And there were some real clunkers right at the beginning. I mean, they actually did have to start a song completely over again. I think um, the, the guitar tech for Steve hadn't come on with the right guitar uh, at the right place. And Steve's just like standing there. <laughs> uh, and everybody else is playing and he hasn't got anything to play. So, so the, the whole thing collapsed and they started again. And, that wouldn't have been uh, our friend Andre, would it, Ken? Surely Andre oh, wouldn't no, have done that. Impossible, impossible. But I, I did see, I did see some YouTubing, and it, and it appears that Andre is not on this tour, at least. Really? On, yeah. Um, I saw some other character, hmm. but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably the best guitar tech for Steve Howe and John Wetton and all sorts of famous people uh, was, you know, Andre Chumley. But I don't. I, I'll have to look him up on the uh, socials. Not sure what he's up to now. And then the last song of the night was Starship Trooper. Ken's favorite. Yeah, yeah. No complaints about that whatsoever. Loved well, it. Not not you, Ken Fuller, but Ken Gregory. Oh, Ken has, has been known to poo-poo Starship oh. Trooper just a, oh, well, just a little bit. Uh, uh, no, I, I will say <laughs> that, that Starship Trooper is a life-altering song for me. Um, uh, when we began the palaver, uh, it was one of the elements that finally cemented me back into the S world. Uh, but I will deliberately leave concerts. I mean, j just for my own well-being, I no longer sit in traffic. It's just, I, 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 you know, <laughs> after 50 years of age, I don't fucking sit in traffic. I don't, I don't do that anymore. But I guess when you only have 300 people, it's not that much of a problem. No, I drove straight out of the parking lot afterwards. It was not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I would do that for Roundabout. I would definitely leave during Roundabout and, and get in the car. But I wouldn't do that for Starship Trooper. And that was a great lot of bass pedals in that. Yeah. During the Verm section. Yeah. So I was 
absolutely in the right place and Billy was stomping on them. So uh, that that was uh, that was fun. Yeah, nothing wrong with getting some good chest cavity rumblings going on. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh Actually, funny you should mention that. Um, I suppose it's, it's a given, given that uh, we were right near where Claire Brothers were, but the sound at the concert was fantastic. Now, Billy is known on his recordings for Circa and for Arc of Life for playing bass in stereo. I, I don't know if it's possible to perceive any of that live. Did that reach you? I, yeah. or, or did they have the classic banning with the bass on one side and Steve on the other side? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I was, I was right over to the uh, stage right, I guess. So uh, uh, that would be hard to tell. Um, but, the, but the overall sound, no distortion. Uh, everything was very clear, uh, so it was uh, uh, very nice indeed. Okay, and I'm saying the whole thing would be under. I've never uh, any concert with any band. I've never sat in the front row, so that was really special. Oh, cool! That's great. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I did have yes. I think second row, thanks to Joey Cash on that Royal Affair tour. Um, but yeah, that that is even better that 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 just takes the cake being fr front row at lit it's that's amazing ken um yeah. yeah put in a word for uh mr john davison did you get to hear every every bit of every note of of, of his singing oh yeah his singing was uh, was really good um yes he was just over to my left uh watching him a lot um and uh yeah, his, his singing was uh, top-notch. Yeah, fine. Absolutely fine. Uh, um, does he have, in this particular set, any acoustic guitar work or percussion work? Uh, he yeah. yeah, he did get an acoustic out a couple of times. Uh, and uh, he's playing the uh, the little bells and uh, yeah. a couple of things to shake occasionally. Yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. unusually, I'm trying to think if he said anything. Remember if he said anything. I don't think he ever spoke. I think the only introductions were ever done by Steve. Really? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Other okay. than when they introduced the band, you know, the ob obligatory, Steve introduced everybody. And I think then it was Billy who introduced and said, and of course, Steve, Steve Howe on guitars. Uh, otherwise, Steve did all the introductions. Well, it is his band. I mean, he, yeah, he's running it. Yeah, very much so. Yep. So now we've got, once this tour is over, they really are going to do Relayer now, next year in the, in UK and Europe, and then hopefully over here. So that will be, uh, that'll be interesting because that's some different stuff. Indeed, I, I heard a Jay Shellen interview today where he said the exact same thing, that they really are playing Relayer. So they must be uh, rehearsing it in between gigs to some extent. Uh, at least, uh, you know, whether in uh, planes or buses or hotel rooms, they must be putting that together come hell or high water because uh, I, know, I know Billy loves it. Yeah, I mean, Gates of Delirium, they've done relatively recently. But Sound Chaser, I don't know that they've played that for years. Right. Right. 
So uh, it'll be a, probably a must-see. I don't know why I say probably. It will be a must-see. Yeah, at Yes 50, it was TMR playing Sound Chaser for Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> so now it's Yes. Ball's back in their court. Serve. Go ahead. Excellent. Well, they really, uh, TMR really, uh, uh, they'll take on anything, won't they, on the catalog? Seemingly. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. That's great. Awesome. Well, Ken, this sounds like a sort of, I, I would say, once-in-a-lifetime sort of experience, but, you know, maybe it won't be. Who knows? Um, well, I'm going to see it all over again on uh, November the 18th, or I think it is. Uh, ah, slouching towards Bethlehem. Yes. Exactly. So uh, that won't be such a long drive for me, and uh, I'm sure the set list will be identical, uh, but I have no problem with that. Wonderful. Yeah, no, that's that's very very cool, um, and, and I'm just I'm glad that you had the opportunity to go and let us in on the fact that you did because, like I said, this is something I would have never even sort of contemplated. So it's great to sort of you know hear about this experience, which is you know a little bit a little bit different from you know going to the the normal venues and and seeing the normal show. Although it sounds like you got essentially a normal show in extremely intimate and good sounding environs which makes me a little jealous not gonna lie <laughs> yeah i think the experience uh, uh next month is going to be quite different the tickets i bought are uh, way back so uh, um but that's okay because I, I had this experience and that was a, a lot of fun yeah that's that's super cool um i'm so glad and i'm glad to hear honestly that you know yes sound sharp and on tempo which has been a big concern of mine. So that's that's really great news. Makes me a little bit sad that I didn't get to see them um, on on this tour then. But you know that's life in the big city, and um, you know maybe it will maybe it will motivate me to uh, to check out Relayer next year. So that should be kind of cool. Yeah, hopefully uh, they'll do that over here, and. Uh... Yeah, maybe you can get you can get yourself up to uh, Philadelphia area. And, maybe it would not be the, the first time. <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so either Ken's anything else to sort of close this out. I just think it's cool that Ken gets to text with Kevin Mulrine <laughs> directly. He's just you know he's got the man on speed dial right there. Every word, everything. <laughs> but it's the flavor that does the long form. So don't forget us, Ken Fuller. <laughs> no, never. You have an exclusive interview. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and and we appreciate that. But uh, yeah, it's actually well, been it's been a while since we've uh, we've communicated with uh, our friend uh, Kevin. But yeah, those guys are are spectacular. I absolutely love what they do. Um, absolutely, just the the greatest respect for, for them and, and that podcast. But um, I don't know how they find the time to do something new every week. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, this, this was absolutely spectacular. Ken Fuller, thank you so, so much for sharing the experience with us. Um, this is, like I said, this is really something that is, is a little bit unique. We haven't 
contemplated before. Um, very much look forward to hopefully we'll be able to uh, catch up with you shortly after you see them in November, perhaps. And uh, we can do a compare and contrast type situation, see how that goes. And um, yeah, let's look forward to, you know, other exciting um, concert events that we all have coming up in the future. So um, Ken Fuller, always a joy to have you on. Thank you so much. Ken Gregory, thanks for coming along as always, my good friend. And uh, yeah, until the next time. Awesome, gentlemen. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Progressive Believer. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you and look forward to your thoughts, comments, feedback, and questions. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are at progpala on all of those or search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is progpala. That's P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or presumably wherever you find your podcasts. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening.